get ready to peel back the layers of fruity goodness with It's Bananas, the podcast where we build an appetite for juicy living. Pleasure, fun, joy, and connection await with each succulent bite. It's deep, it's delicious, and it's bananas. Hi everyone, welcome back to Snack Time here on It's Bananas. This is Becky, also known as The Fruit Maven. Today we're going to look at what's on my mind and what's on my table. On my table, I have what I'm going to describe as a love story. Whether it's a happily ever after for me is yet to be determined. But today's fruit is one of the newer hybrid types of stone fruit, and it's one of the various, dare I say, scandalous partnerships between the passionate plum and the ape-like apricot. I don't know. Are apricots ape-like? They're hairy. I just went with it. That's all I've got. I'd apologize for how bad that joke was, but honestly, I live for it. I'm realizing my humor is very basic, like very basic, and I'm fine with it. So (laughs) ape-like apricot is what we're doing today. Let me just say, uh, I love the ship names that come out of this plum apricot hybrid situation. Okay, I always love ship names. I loved Brangelina. I love Benifer. I loved Benefer, even though that's not a, I mean, there's a new Benefer, but anyway, that's a whole different podcast. I love all the BTS duos. They all have ship names, like all seven of them. You can talk about them with any combination. They even have like multiple member names. Like one of them for the three youngest is Veeman Cook, which is just like ridiculous. I think there's even one that combines four names for the oldest members. I don't remember what it is, but it gets really ridiculous combining all the names. Anyway, I would not be opposed to personally having a ship name applied to me and someone else. I don't know who that would be. If you happen to choose my favorite BTS member, V, and you combined it, you'd end up with, like, Vecky or Vecky. I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's not. It's not. It's a bit of a mess. But, okay, ship names doesn't mean there has to be a romantic relationship, by the way. It's just a quick way to refer to the two people being together, and it's just easy. So you could ship me with whoever... It's fine. Like, I'm into it. I'm also not opposed, by the way, for to, like, fan fiction about me or fan art about me in general, just so you know. I'm just tossing it out there, just saying it's an option for fans. <laughs> I'd prefer, if you are going to go down the fan fiction route, something really steamy where I'm, like, I don't know, a queen or a goddess or something along those lines with, like, a throng of suitors, and I end up with a really happy ending, but... I am not going to be picky. I'm just offering it as something I would be open to. I'm generally for it. (laughs) If that's your thing, let me know. I dig it. Let's refocus on what's on my table. Focus. I have a lovely hybrid stone fruit ship called the Aprium today. Uh, You might be familiar with other ships in this little world, which is the Apriplum, the Plumcot, or the Pluot. Pluot is the one I see the most often. The main difference in all of these is the ratio of plum to apricot. Apricot? I don't know. Are there regional differences between where you say apricot and where you say apricot? I actually don't know. Maybe I'll ask that on social media. I, what do I say? Well, now I'm overthinking it and I don't know. We're going to just jump around. I may use them both this entire time. Anyway, <laughs> the prominence of the resulting flavor is the the name in the ship name that goes first. So if plum cots and pluots commonly will taste mostly like plums, like that's the dominant flavor. 
and the ones that start with apricot, ap apriplum, aprium, apriplum, aprium, those are gonna taste more like apricots. One reason I chose the aprium and I like it as a metaphor for what's on my mind today is that I want to talk about how it feels to venture into uncharted territory or take risks. One big aspect of this is often the need to have courage or to be brave. I looked up the difference between these two words and honestly they're really close in meeting, brave and um, courage. It's not really worth parsing out the difference because I'll probably use them fairly interchangeably. But what is important about both of them is that they include the idea of you can still have fear. So you can have be courageous or brave and also be afraid. And I think that matters a lot because if I want to expand the confines of my life or of a situation at any point, it pretty much means I have to do something new. I have to take a risk of some kind. Sometimes that's going to be really easy because the stakes are super low. I don't know. Maybe I'm bored of K-dramas I've been watching every day. I want to try something different. That takes a little change in behavior, just choosing something new or asking for recommendations and trying something I haven't tried before. But it doesn't really require much courage, right? Like, why would it? I can just stop or turn it off if I don't want to continue watching it. But other changes are quite a bit bigger. Finding new friends, asking someone to hang out with me for the first time or even the sixth time. I don't find that it gets any easier personally. Uh, experimenting with having a bigger voice in the world, <laughs> recording a podcast, dating, stuff like that. Some of those are going to be a lot scarier to change because the cost feels so much higher. Often when other humans are involved, things feel the scariest, right? But not always. I have a daughter who has a very hard time just trying new foods. And at times I can see visually that she has to really build up her courage to put something new in her mouth. And we've developed a bunch of strategies for making that easier and making that possible. But even me, and I truly love trying new things. It's one of the core things that I absolutely enjoy doing. I wanna tell you what went through my head just choosing this aprium. So I had an idea that I wanted to talk about being brave today because I've done a number of things this week that required me to be vulnerable. I was nervous and um, I had to kind of muster up courage in a bunch of different areas. And so I wanted to talk about that. And I was looking at various stores for like a scary fruit <laughs> that might require courage to try it. Like what could what could feel scary to taste? Maybe something more tropical or a little bit more unusual. And a durian would be a truly perfect fruit. It's known for having a completely atrocious smell. It's banned in public places in some countries. The descriptions that you read online are pretty unflattering and con and kind of confusing. People describe it as onions, but then other people really love it. I've never had one. I have never seen a fresh durian. I have not visited. Um, they're pretty common um, in Southeast Asia and I have not visited there yet. So I can't get fresh durian here. My understanding is typically it's frozen before it gets here in order to make the journey. So I don't want my first taste to have previously been frozen. So I couldn't do kind of the ideal scary fruit, the durian. So that was out. I'm looking around and I can't find anything because honestly, fruit's not scary. <laughs> I mean, it's not scary to me at this point. I've tried so many and because I, you know, I love trying things, it does take some amount of effort to even find a fruit I haven't had before at this point. So I'm at this particular store and I spotted an aprium. I have never had one. And my first thought, I was like, well, okay, that's not that scary. <laughs> it's cute actually. 
And then I thought, well, I don't even like apricots that much, so I'm not really going to like that fruit. And then my second thought, people are going to think I've had too many fruits on here that I ended up not liking, and that's not fun. <laughs> so, like, I was just, I don't know, I'm imagining there's someone out there with a scorecard who's just like, she has done six episodes and four of the fruit she didn't really, you know, she liked fine, but two she didn't like, and one was just okay. Like, what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> I don't Look, this is how much I care about you already. I'm very concerned about your disappointment that I don't love every single fruit, which is hysterical because loving fruit isn't even the point. (laughs) The point is to be open to the experience and being available for like finding something amazing that we really love, right? And practicing doing that. But also, if there's someone out there literally keeping score, that would honestly delight me. (laughs) I'd be so happy. So here's the thing. Our fears about what other people think are so real to us, right? And yet often so very, very silly. So I got past that. It's like, okay, again, who cares? I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. I've never had it. How am I supposed to know? So all of this is happening in my head in a few seconds in the aisle in the grocery store. And then I have this last thought. um, And I'm like, oh, it's purple. It's kind of like a plum, but it's fuzzy, like an apricot. And then I thought, it'd kind of be fun to lick it. And it went into the cart. (laughs) Because I'm, I don't know. Like, that's my favorite thing in the whole planet at this point. So it's not like I have to be super brave to taste this abrium. Let me be very clear. But even me, who has done this so many times, was nervous about not liking it or not having the experience that I want to have. So when I'm trying to change something or find something new that I love or lean into a new experience, being afraid is almost always on some level, sometimes low, sometimes high, it's almost always along for the ride, for me anyway. Maybe there's people out there who are all bravado and like don't ever have that fear and even on the inside they are rock steady. I am not that person. I am not that person. And for sure we all have areas that are easier and then areas that are much harder, right? So I want to tell today a story about how I am gentle with my own fear, but I still am able to act with courage because I think this is an ongoing thing where as we look for things we love, we look for new hobbies, we look for new people and new communities to invest in, most of us today bring anxiety or fear along for the ride. And I just want to acknowledge how hard that can be and how big a step that is We have to get to the point where we're curious, but a lot of times that's really scary. So we we have fear and then we have curiosity and then maybe we get the good thing, right? Like it's a whole thing. And then if we get the good thing, then we have to deal with how we feel about that. So I get all of that. So I just want to talk about this one step today. And some of the things or one of the things that I do, I do, I have a thousand things I do because as mentioned, I fear is like my friend. I'm not saying you should do this necessarily. I'm just saying what I did. You do need quite a bit of patience with yourself. You need some time to invest depending on the scenario, maybe a little bit of money to invest and a good amount of practice just avoiding slipping into shame. But maybe in this story, there is something that would resonate with you. I don't know. I hope. So I've mentioned before that I like swing dancing. I discovered swing dancing a few years ago during one of, I was going through a phase where I was trying tons and tons of different things, joining different stuff, just trying all kinds of different activities, looking for more 
um, looking for a hobby, honestly, because I didn't know what I loved and I also wanted more community. And so I took this, I think it was an eight-week class that met once a week on swing dancing. I'd not done partner dancing before. I'd taken like one random class early, uh, early on, but like not really. I hadn't done much partner dancing. And okay, first of all, just showing up to the class was hard and scary. I was, um, it, it, it's nerve wracking to go, especially dancing, because you have to be so vulnerable and so physical, right? And show how dorky you are and how you don't know what you're doing. But I was like, it's a beginner class. Luckily, the teachers were really inviting and really amazing. So that helped a lot. Uh, but during the class, after a couple times, they were like, you should really go out and practice at a social dance because that's where you really learn. You have to work with different partners and you have to try it at a social dance. And then the value of these lessons kind of goes up exponentially. So I was like, oh, okay. I really enjoyed it and I really wanted to get better and I wanted to um, improve and I wanted, I, I felt like this could be something I could love. I found a social dance that I wanted to go to, which is a whole challenge on its own because it's kind of a, it's a, it's not like it's a secret in San Diego, but it is a little bit tough to find. Um, so I found the social dancing that I wanted to go to, and I went there on the night that it was available. I parked the car, and I panicked. I did not get out of the car. I was like, I can't do this. I'm not good at this. I don't know these people. I'm here by myself. I have no friends. I literally just, I got there, I parked the car, and I drove back home. I did start this story by saying you kind of have to be good at avoiding shame and and that's true because it would be very easy to be any number of things embarrassed drop into shame like I should be able to do this you know lots of that and and I chose not to feel bad about this and one as a little bit of a side note one way that I do that is that every morning literally to this day for the last number of years I don't know when I started this when did I start this? Some number of years ago. I write down a list of wins. I have a kind of celebration list and then I also have an, it's called an I like it list. And the celebration list is things that I've done that I'm proud of myself. It could be very tiny things like drove to social dance, came back. It could be very big things. I don't know, got a promotion at work or whatever and anything in between. If I feel If I can find any amount of patting myself on the back for doing it, it just goes on the list. I write it every day. There are days when I'm like, didn't sleep in. Uh, Not that I sleep in that much, but like just the simplest of things. The coffee I made today was freaking amazing. Whatever it is, I'm like, congratulations, good job, you did the thing. So it's a mix of things where I have to be brave and it's a mix of just being an adult. But I do that every day and that really helps me not slip. One, I think celebrating how hard being a human is, is a big deal. And uh, we easily give ourselves a hard time for what we do wrong or badly. And so you have to, there's value in putting in effort into reminding yourself all the things that you're doing, that you're doing right or well. And also I use the, I like it list, which is, it's similar to a gratitude list in a way, but I, I feel like gratitude is such a loaded word, and we can talk about that maybe on another day. But I write down a list of things I like. So it might just be like, I, I like my coffee. Look, coffee shows up a lot <laughs> on both lists, I'm not going to lie. You know, I liked driving over to this place, or I enjoyed this or that. Like, I like the way my living room is decorated. I write a lot of the same things, to be honest, because I really, really love some of the things that are surrounding me, and I don't it helps me to just remember that all the time. I love the chair that I sit in in the morning, but also I really liked, you know, this lesson and I liked partnering with this person in this particular dance. So I I write all of those down in the morning. I liked it. It's a very simple list. 
back to swing dancing. So that's what I do to not feel bad about things like drove down there, drove back, didn't actually go in. It was a process for me because I have a lot of social anxiety. If you meet me, I will seem very, and I hope you get to someday, uh, I will seem very self-assured, I would imagine. I can come off as very confident and even very extroverted. And the more comfortable I get, I'm very bouncy and happy and uh, you know enthusiastic about all kinds of things. But a lot of what's happening on the inside <laughs> is an intense amount of social anxiety that I have to work through every day. So this is what I would do. I would give myself a pass to go to the social dance, go in, pay, and then stay as long as I could. I did not force myself to stay for a particular period of time. There were a number of times when I paid. I went in, I stood on the side, I did not dance, and I left after five or ten minutes. There were plenty of times where I stayed for only 20 minutes, danced with a couple of people, and left, and eventually I was able to stay for a couple of hours and be fine. And it was not linear. It's not like, you know, I just, I I stayed a little bit longer every time, although overall the graph probably looks like that if I were to graph it, which I don't do. But although it's not outside the scope of things I might do, but I just haven't for the record. (laughs) But it's not linear because we all are bringing all kinds of things to our day, right? What happened at work or with my family or just my mood might mean I had more or less capacity capacity that day for being brave but eventually I got there and I was able to just like let go and dance and I would smile so much I remember thinking so many times I'm so happy right now this is so joyful to me and I was just all the way along I just rooted myself was rooting for myself ultimately all of that for the record would have been infinitely easier if I'd had support or someone I knew doing it with me community support for the win but we can also be on our own team when we have to be. And I think that's a little different than the typical self-care story that I hear. It's like self-support, which I I am not, again, I'm not opposed to self-care in any way, but it's really important and critical. But if we want to reach for joy, if we want to reach for something new, it's often going to take more than that. And I think best case scenario, you have community support, Medium case scenario is that you learn how to provide yourself with a good amount of loving support as well with with different tools that you can use uh, to make those the things you want to do possible. So back to fruit or food. It's such a great place to start. And even here, by the way, community support can be such a big deal. The way I support my daughter with trying new things, we have a lot of different tools that we use. But my I was just talking with my best friend from college this week and she about this podcast and what you know she was telling me what she gets out of it which was so uh, lovely to hear and she's not an adventurous eater and she reminded me that long time ago that I actually convinced her to try plantains at one point and we worked together to figure out like I had to kind of convince her that it was okay and we figured out how to make that not feel scary and I don't even remember that story because for me it wasn't scary and for her it was a really big deal So let's move back to today's terrifying fruit. (laughs) Not really, a little bit though, and dive into the aprium. We're entering our little adventure. I do not, I, I will be clear, I do not feel a lot of fear at this moment about trying this fruit, but still, 
I'm going to give myself credit for heading into uncharted territory, for choosing a fruit I was not inclined to choose. And actually, I will give credit to the people who made this fruit too. So this is a hybrid. Somebody had to go into uncharted, uncharted territory just to make it and to test out different ways to make this taste hopefully amazing. Maybe. I don't know. It depends. Depends on how much apricot is in it. So this is a hybrid from Family Tree Farms. And here's what they have to say about it. While most apriums will taste mainly just of apricot, our unique varieties have hints of raspberries and plums like fruit juice without the added sugar. Okay, so I don't know exactly which variety this is because Family Tree Apriums has a number of varieties on their website and the packaging doesn't actually say, but based on my expert detective skills, and comparing what's in front of me with the pictures and like the timing chart on their website, I think I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident that this is a Midnight Rose Aprium, which first off, love the name. I just hope it, we're going to go with Midnight Rose because I really, really like this name. It's fun. It has, so the appearance, it's got a velvety, fuzzy, purple skin. It's a pretty dark color, purpley black. And the inside, I did not know what the inside was going to look like, and I had to cut it in order to try to match it up with the website to see. The inside is this stunningly gorgeous, like, glistening ruby red color, like, like a, like a burgundy rose. I mean, it's really pretty. It, it's basically midnight on the outside and rose on the inside. Okay, I don't mean to harp on this whole fan fiction thing, but I'm just saying... If someone was going to write a fan fiction about me, Midnight Rose might be a fun title for like a very epic, steamy story about me. I'm practically writing it for you. Like how hard? Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Enough about me. Five out of five for how this looks. It's gorgeous. Love. Let me smell it. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, it kind of smells like a melon. Not in the bad way, like a watermelon. Listen to the watermelon episode if you don't know why I think that doesn't smell good. But it does not smell like that. It smells It smells more like a cantaloupe, actually. Not like the full inside of the cantaloupe. Okay, do, when you test a cantaloupe, do you pick it up and smell the end? Because you should, for the record. That's how you can tell if it's ripe, if it's very fragrant. fragrant. So the button on the end of the cantaloupe, it kind of smells like that. It's like melony, but also a tiny bit floral and a tiny bit maybe musky or planty. Is planty a word? I like it. Four out of five. Four out of five for smell. Good job. Okay. Taste and texture. Let's remember, this is where I'm being ever so slightly brave because I really don't love apricots. I don't hate them. I just, they tend to be a little soft, like kind of mealy. I've even had ones off of a tree and it's still kind of mealy in a way. I just... I really don't love mealy textures, like, at all. The flavor of an apricot is fine. They just don't wow me enough to, like, deal with the texture. I love a good dried ap- apricot. Like, I really do, for sure. And apricot-flavored things, or, like, put it in a muffin or something. Like, I like apricot stuff. But I rarely go for a fresh one because the texture is just not it. Although, I just a couple weeks ago learned that one of my current best friends apricots are her favorite fruit which sort of blew my mind i think i acted a little ridiculous i was like what here's the lesson everyone is completely different and we each get to love what we love so the outside like i said is fuzzy not in a dramatic way like an actual apricot or even like a peach which is really fuzzy but a little more like a plum skin 
but velvety. I, I really like how it feels on my fingers. Like, I really like it. It's also a bit wet because this one's cold. Wet and velvety doesn't sound appealing, but it, it, it is. Just believe me. Okay, I'm going to try it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> the texture, the texture is perfect. This is, it's perfectly ripe for one, one thing. This is the exact level of ripeness that I love. It has a little bit of give to it but your teeth just sink right in. It's perfectly juicy. There's exactly the right amount. I notice the peel a little bit, but it also gives it a little bit of a light crunch or a bite. But okay, wait, the taste is what I, I'm, I'm trying to like describe the texture and while I'm kind of losing my mind. You guys, this is so good. I, I would have literally just passed this by in the store thinking I was not gonna like it, but it turns out it's stunningly beautiful on the inside. I mean, it's gorgeous ruby color. It has a great name, the Midnight Rose, and it tastes amazing. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I freak out about fruit. It's absolutely like a perfectly ripe raspberry-ish plum, but, but the peel gives it this little bit of apricot tartness. Wow. This is way more than I hoped for. I I cannot believe I never would have tried this if I wasn't talking about bravery today. I never, I never would have bought this fruit. <laughs> Yo, I love it. This whole thing pays off. It pays off. This is so good. It's like this Aprium knew what its job was in this podcast today. What in the world? Five out of five. I love this. I cannot wait to lick it. I'm going to lick it right now. <laughs> oh, okay. So the outside isn't as fun to lick as I had hoped. That velvety feel that's really fun to touch, it kind of just feels a little bit dry to lick it, but the inside is amazing because it's the right level of juiciness where the juice, like the, the, the juice, I guess, doesn't like overwhelm you, but it's, it's not dry at all, so it's perfect amount. There are just a lot of sensations to feel between the peel, the flesh of the aprium, and then the seed even the seed is fun. I feel like I could make out with this plum. I mean, okay, let's discuss lightly. Because while I'm not particularly prude in any way, I also am not all that practiced in discussing these things publicly. Okay, so like, we have, we have tools. <laughs> there are available tools for f folks. If we want to, you know, pleasure ourselves, that's like a thing, right? But if you really want to kiss someone, and you don't love, maybe you don't love how your partner kisses or you don't have a partner. I'm not aware of anything for that. I'm, a, I'm just making this up here, but I'm just going to offer that an aprium is not the worst choice. <laughs> if you like kissing and that's not available to you, consider an aprium. It's not very expensive. It's a good size. It's like mouth size. Like the, I liked, I liked licking the cherry as well. That one's just quite small. This is like a mouth-sized fruit when you cut it. There's a lot of different textures going on and you get to eat it after. Like you can just play out all those Black Widow fantasies with this Midnight Rose. You heard it here first. <laughs> five out of five. Okay. <laughs> I love this Aprium. Y'all, I am delighted and surprised that bravery paid off. It almost always does. That's a wrap on this week's episode of It's Bananas. Be gentle and patient and kind to yourselves this week, but also 
be brave. Until next time, I apple you. If you find It's Bananas appealing, it would mean a lot to me if you'd plant a seed of support by giving it a five-star rating and hitting that follow or subscribe button on the It's Bananas show page. Be a peach, share a favorite episode with a friend, and reach out to me on Instagram, at fruitmaven, all one word. 